Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future, I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you and good night. I love you.
Heart Song. Happy Thursday, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sauter Show. I'm Rory Sauter, your host. It is great to be back with all of you. I have missed you all since Tuesday. We had a fantastic show. Perfect dialogue. Unbelievable rhythm and flow. Uh, just amazing, amazing chemistry with all of us. And the show keeps evolving, keeps getting better and better. Got a lot of plans for the future of the Rory Sauter Show. As usual, I want to thank all my guests, my co-hosts, my sponsors and audience. You guys have made this show into something so special. And uh, I am so honored and, and humbled. Uh, as usual, the weekend is approaching. I hope your week has been going very well. You know, I always love when Thursdays roll around, you know, especially after tiring, tiring days and, and tiring uh, situations. So uh, a lot of things, fun, a lot of fun things planned for the weekend for myself. And, uh, you know, wherever you guys are today, I hope your day is going accordingly. I hope it's everything it's supposed to be. Um, I'll tell you, when I'm not with you guys on air, I really start going crazy. You know, it's, it become, it's become a routine. It's become part of my livelihood. It's become who I am. You know, uh, it's, uh, it's quite, the, it's quite the, um, the adventure. It's quite the experience. And, uh, you know, every single time I, after every show, I go back and I listen, and I, I look for, you know, things that we did well, and I look for things that, you know, could, could have uh, certain improvements on. But uh, I'll tell you, you know, overall, uh, this show – um, you know, is almost flawless. I mean, you know, just like anything in, in, in programming and in, in radio and in some of these industries, you know, there's always very tiny things to work on. You know, Rush Limbaugh and Howard Stern, even though they're the greatest on earth, they always got, got those little things uh, that they can always make better. And, I, and I'll tell you what, I'm one of those people in this industry, and with anything I do, I want to be a perfectionist. I'll, I will never half-ass anything. I want to be the Michael Jordan of radio. And I'm starting at an early enough age where I think I, uh, you know, can go a very, very, very long way. And, I, and there's going to be a lot of replacements needed uh, for these, you know, older gentlemen that uh, probably don't have much time left on the radio. I mean, we see how talk radio is kind of, you know, being uh, – it's mostly dominated and, and um, pretty – you know, in terms of that, but, but not not many not many young people. I mean, it's it, it's but now and nowadays more and more with these podcasts and with all these different other outlets and ways people can utilize you know their voice and, and speak the truth and and say what's on their mind. Uh, you know, it's a whole it's a whole another ball game. It really is. Um, so many people are getting found. So many people are are you know becoming making a name for themselves. So many people are putting out their talent and putting out their, their amazing uh, just qualities and, and with social media and with how attentive so many different new stations are and new platforms. I'm loving it. I'm loving this. I'm loving it. Every second of it, guys. Episode 247 tonight. Over two years later, here I am. Here I am. And, uh, and I, like I say all the time on my show, you know, doing radio and being in this situation – it just happened. It's, I never, ever in a million years thought growing up I was going to be in radio. You know, I was, I was very successful and still am. I own a mobile app business where we build apps, and I've done, you know, highly, highly great in that area. I've also, you know, been good in real estate. But, you know, when you love something and, and when you have a, a, a passion for, um, 
for all this stuff, you know, it's, it, it, it speaks such high volume, you know, like, like they say, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. And uh, if you're really good at something, always follow through with it. Always follow through. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's up. and guys, you know, the way, the way people keep um, putting out all this content and all these different things, it's just piles up and it's, and it's a lot of good teamwork. Like I'm seeing so many people on our, on our side that are doing just things that would have never happened 10 to 20 years ago because we didn't have all these options and all these different things that we could capitalize on, if that makes sense. Um, I want to introduce to the show, I believe he's with us, we have retired police chief and homicide detective Michael Balsey. What's up, buddy? How you doing, Rory? Uh, good to be back with you. Thanks for having me. Uh, been a fun week. Uh, interesting seeing all the uh, operations that seem to be uh, closing ship because of the coronavirus, and I hope we get into that a little bit tonight. Uh, but thanks for having me. Good to be here. Absolutely. It didn't cut out, did it? Was It, it was going the whole time, right? Yeah, you're doing fine. All right, sounds good. I was making sure because the broadcast, it was having a connection issue for a second, but I'm glad none of the, none of the uh, actual signal or none of the broadcast actually went out. So good. But, Michael, always a pleasure. Things to get into tonight, my friend. Okay, buddy. All righty. Um, and I got a lot, of, a lot of other people on the panel I'm about to introduce. But, guys, I just want to finish and say to every single person out there, you know, the reason, and, and, I, and I, I know this for a fact, and, I, and this is why we don't have more talk show host people and podcasters out there, because too many people only do one or two episodes or only a few. It's not, they're not consistent with it. They don't keep the trend going. They don't keep the pattern going. And half these people that I used to listen to, I wonder what happened to some of them. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those things. But I want to um, really – Tell everybody that I've been working on a big, huge network that, you know, I had on the back burner for a long time, and I, I kind of had it, you know, I was, I was focusing on other things, had a lot of other things uh, come my way, but I'm still going forth with that, um, and we are going to raise money. We actually have raised a little money, and uh, it's definitely a strong place where talent uh, can be embraced and, and can be um, located. Um, you know, cause I, I'm one of those people that love to scout. I love to see all these different people that share the same interests and share, you know, the same love energy and, and knowledge, uh, that myself, that I do, you know? Um, but yeah, sorry guys, I get on these rants, I get kind of carried away. Um, but, uh, I, uh, I have a lot of announcements. I'll probably make some tonight. Uh, let's stay tuned for that. I want to welcome to the show. I believe he's with us. We have political activist Daniel on What's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, Rory? How you doing? Doing good. How how's everything going with you? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Am I clear online? Yeah, it's clear. It sounds good. Awesome, man. Thanks for having me on the show, Rory. For sure, dude. We got a lot to get into tonight. Glad you could join us. Um, I also want to welcome to the show. I believe we have with us we have a talented entrepreneur and the founder of CEO or a CEO of Life Flip Media. Uh, Eric Mitchell. Eric, what's up, buddy? Eric, are you there? Eric, you with us? I'm having. Hello. 
Hey, Eric, are you there? Can you hear me? Yeah, can you yeah, hear me? Yeah, welcome to the show. Eric Mitchell, everybody, CEO hey, of LifeSplit Media. Hey, how are you doing on this fine Thursday evening on a week that nothing's happening? It's been so boring in the news. I just don't know where to start with what we could possibly talk about this week. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. There's a lot to get into. I'm glad you could join us, man. It's going to be fun. <laughs> Thanks, brother. All righty, everybody. Um, you know, I, uh, I've been off the air for a few days, everybody knows. In the last 48 hours, it's uh, – and I'll, I know I say this all the time, but it's really headline after headline. Uh, things are just out of control, you know, and, and so many different distractions, so many things that we're, uh, that we're facing as a nation. And, uh, and when in, in reality, we should be dealing with other more important things. And um, I, I, We're going to get into this corona thing. But I want that to be the main headline, the main topic of the night. As usual, I'm going to get into some of the small stuff that has occurred and transpired these last 48 hours since we've been off air. And then I'm going to get to everybody on the panel. They can give their opinions, and uh, we'll go from there. I love, I love, and I love everything you guys bring to the table. All my guests, all my panel hosts always have such excellent uh, and strong value for sure. Okay. Um, I'm going to start right here. So this is something that we are dealing with as a country every single day uh, in elections, in our, in our political system, and um, it needs to stop. It's out of control. Uh, voter fraud, uh, dead people voting. They're, and I've been talking about this on my show all the time with numerous reports coming out of numerous pivotal key states. Uh, Michigan, there was just a story. Uh, there is two bo- – <coughs> sorry – over 2.5 thousand dead people allegedly on voter rolls in Michigan. 2.5 thousand people, and that's that's just the tip of the iceberg. It's probably way way more than that. I've seen stories like this for many many years. Millions and millions of of cases like this have came out, um, and it's helped Democrats win so many elections because these dead voters are not voting for Republicans. We all know that. You know, this is all part of the New World Order and political agenda of the left. Uh, you know, they use illegal aliens for votes. They use dead people for votes. Uh, they buy votes. Uh, you know, however, however you want to – so many different fact, factors, factors into it. But I'll tell you, this should disturb anybody. And look at the timing. We have a, the mo- one of the most important, if not the important most election in our lifetime, 2020 coming up. And uh, this is still a thing on a probably weekly basis is how often I read about it or every other week, uh, you know, not that there's obviously elections that often, but their reports come out, investigations happen. There's whistleblowers. There's people that are, 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 are spilling the beans in a lot of these areas. And I, you know, I've said this, I don't know what you do, and I've said it many times, Donald Trump needs to sign some sort of legislation. He needs to put something into law that prohibits, that prevents voter fraud, gerrymandering, all that bullshit that interferes with, 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 our, with, our, with our Constitution, with our voting system, with our beliefs, with our ethics, you know, and uh, I just hate, I hate cheaters. I hate losers. I hate people that can't play, play fairly. You know, these people aren't even over 2016, and they, Democrats, they think they can win 2020. And, and do not think for one second that they're not trying to put every play in the book right now uh, of how they can master interfere 
and jeopardize and sabotage uh, uh, the, the majority of the people, which obviously is, is supports Trump. They, they while, while we're all distracted with corona and whatever else is going on out there, the deep state is working long hours. Trust me on that. Uh, and then people, you know what really bothers me? And you know what really wants me to, makes me want to punch people in the face? Is people on the left that try to laugh when you mention the deep state. Come on. It does exist. It's absolutely real. There's no denying it. We've seen it firsthand. Mueller, 9-11. I mean, there's so many different things. The Vegas shooting, I even think, had to do with the deep state in, in a strong way. Um, and look at, look at all the... Look at all the unanswered. Like, you know, if we, if we question anything about these voter situations, especially to people on the left, you know, we get called racist. We get called Nazis. We get called – it's stupid. Have no accountability. They don't know what law-abiding stands for. Dead people voting for them. And illegals. People that don't even belong in the country. It's, it has to stop. It really does. Um, so – Harvey Weinstein, Harvey Weinstein uh, got sentenced yesterday to uh, 23 years in prison. And I, when I got up yesterday, I read that headline, and I'm like, holy shit. I never thought this guy was going to do one day in jail. Because if you look at the power somebody of, of Holly, who owns Hollywood has, that's pretty much, I'm not going to say it's the exact same, but you're, you're in the same territory as somebody that's high up in the World Bank or high up on Wall Street. You control the world in a lot of ways. Think about how much money Hollywood gets from all these Saudis, from all these different foreign entities, all the dirtiest dough you could ever think of. And Harvey Weinstein, look, I mean, he was walking around, what, for the last three years, untouchable? Nothing happened to him? Walking, and you know what? And let's look at all the acting, you know, the wheelchair trying to act like he's crippled when he walks into the, to the uh, courthouse, takes no accountability, uh, you know, tries to make every other excuse in the world for being this evil animal devil. And here's something, though. I'm very aware that he rapes girls. There's no doubt about it. But I also think once it became this Me Too thing became a huge commodity and topic and trend i think there were probably girls that lied just so they could fit with everybody else in that whole system i believe there were some actresses that lied um but i I definitely believe that he, he raped quite a few against their will but think about the whole industry of hollywood think about how it operated do something for me and i'll get you the best movie role and they usually that has to do with sexual favors you got the casting couch you've got um you know the pedophilia thing, that's terrible. Um, and, you know, I don't know if Harvey Weinstein was directly involved with pedophilia, but, uh, you know, I, I really think in, in this situation, and I want to get more into to the sentencing about Harvey and his, his punishment, but uh, places like Hollywood, the way women act these days, um, and the way women make false allegations, and the, the way women have ruined uh, innocent people with certain things they've done with the Me Too movement, uh, I think, I don't think... In this situation, especially in Hollywood, like I said, half were raped against their will, but half were totally in on it. Half were totally for it. Half, you know, were all, all yeah, absolutely. You can't deny that. There is so, and then I hate people that, you know, make it look bad for everyone else because there's so many innocent women out there that are not getting justice from their predator 
because you have too many people that make stories. And, you know, that's, that's the, as serious of, a, of an allegation as you could ever make. So uh, it's a touchy, touchy, touchy subject. But um, I, I really think, though, for probably a while, Harvey Weinstein was paying people off, high up, jurors, uh, people in, in the law. Uh, this judge was not tolerating it, was not going to take it. Uh, he obviously is going to appeal. Uh, but you, this is one of those things where, you know, he, he absolutely belongs in prison, but I can't believe they actually sentenced him. I, and, and actually to that, to, well, to that much time, he deserves it. But being such a high-profile person and having all the money he, da- he has and all the authority kind of caught me a little off guard. But uh, tell you, and uh, you've got, and, and this is what I don't like. you got people like Gloria Allred, the smelly feminist. I can't stand her. She's such a loser. Uh, representing these women. That's why some of the women that are in there being represented by her, I don't, I don't think ha- have the best image. And I think it makes them look terrible. And I think it makes it look somewhat, you know, I, you, you, people know who Gloria Allred is, um, you know, not the most honest lawyer in the world. Um, but, you know, I'm, like I, like I said a few minutes ago, not, n- not all um, were innocent, you know, some were definitely going along with it, but the ones that even were going along with it were getting, were getting represented by people like Gloria Allred and getting all these payouts. And think about how easy that was for them. You know, if somebody makes something up and, and, you know, I, I don't want to be insensitive to anybody here that actually goes through the trauma, but think about how powerful it's become um, with these high profile people. If somebody even makes something up that can carry any sort of weight, they can go to a powerful lawyer and then these high-profile people got to pay out all this money. I mean, it's like the easiest trick in the entire book. It's insane. It really is insane. And just how Hollywood um, has transformed, I mean, it's, it shouldn't be looked at for its morals. But uh, ever since this Me Too thing came out, we don't talk about this enough, but President Trump is the only reason the Me Too thing ever started and ever happened because of what he exposed. Not, not anything he did, but he was exposing Hollywood. He was exposing people like Harvey Weinstein. He was exposing people like Charlie Rose. He was exposing people like Matt Lauer. Otherwise, all these people would still be there in their positions if Hillary Clinton was in there. Because Hillary Clinton would still be taking money from Harvey Weinstein. That was one of her greatest donors. This is what I'm talking about, people. And this is the same smelly feminist, Hillary, who said that she's for women's rights. You know, but takes money from all these people. Same with all these other Democrats. So phony. Okay. Uh, so Chuck, Chucky Schumer, crying Chuck, uh, thinks he's a tough guy, but in reality, we know what he is. And uh, you know, little little little, little wimp, uh, trying to make uh, himself, you know, relevant in a lot of ways. Because you know, I, I think Chuck has gone downhill in so many ways. Uh, and I've said many times that uh, many of these long-term politicians I, I don't think are going to be around as, 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 as long as, as much longer as some people think just because of what Trump has put out there and drained the swamp because I think he's created this entire like I said this door this road where people that love America people that love us people that want to work for we the people have legitimate chances because we're seeing all these years what we've been missing out on you know these the politicians uh, have been out for themselves. They've been out for their own interests. They've been out for their own agenda. They, you know, they, they forgot what it's like to, to work for us. And, um, you know, but anyway, Chuck Schumer, 
uh, everybody saw what he did, making threats, trying to intimidate Justice Kavanaugh and Gorsuch, trying to tell his supporters the vi- to use violence, to go. And this is the kind of same shit Maxine Waters said, the James, James Brown lookalike. If you see them at a gas station, if you see them at a grocery store, you give them hell. Dude, how, how can you guys say that you guys are not the party of hate when you are enabling, encouraging violence? Do you see Trump going out there saying to his supporters to go do all these bad things? Never, never, ever. And Chuck Schumer, Chuck Schumer, man, you know, he's being hit with an ethics complaint, multiple, for, for the SCOTUS threat. You can't do that. You know, it's one thing if you want to express your emotions in a, in, a, in, a, you know, in a disappointing way, but you don't do it with hostility and to that level of, of, of just violence. I mean, that's just pure, pure um, guys, guys. What have we become? At least we, are, we could get along at some point in our history. At least we were, a, you know, both the Democratic Party, I've never agreed with them, but at least they were a party of substance with the Bill Clinton days or Joe Lieberman days or JFK days. But now it's just do whatever the opposing team is for. Guys, it's just it's enough already. Um, let's see here. Um, okay, this is, um, this is something really, um, that needs to be kind of put out there. So the Hillary Clinton situation, you know, we, Hillary Clinton, she, she, she's invincible. I mean, this this woman gets away with everything. Uh, She's untouchable. You know, she, uh, never pays a price. I've never seen anybody in power get as much uh, privileges and benefits and, and just complete, complete, uh, this woman, I, there's, there's nothing that she's ever taken response. Somebody else's fault. It's sexism. You know, it's, it, it's racism. It, it's, you know, it's the poor me game. And did you ever see, I'm sure everybody saw this, how she would just go around questions, whether it was Benghazi or her email server, or she tried to give smart-ass responses. And we all know why she got off. Obviously, play to pay to play. She gives all these people money. But when they were going after her, a lot of these high-end judges were liberal. It's political. It was not about doing the right thing for the rule of law. So finally, a judge has recently came out and said, Hillary Clinton, you got to explain yourself. These answers that you gave for your server are not sufficient. They are not uh, legitimate. This is not uh, something that is going to be tolerated. <coughs> and uh, I love this. And this would have never happened if we didn't have somebody like Trump get in there. And, you know, this is all, I believe, AG bar helping behind closed doors, too. I really think uh, it, stuff is coming. Indictments are coming. You know, if one person is going to take down these terrible people, it's going to be Donald Trump and his administration. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, the, the whole email thing, the Democrats want to make a joke about it. Uh, but imagine if Donald Trump erased 33,000 emails and then made that kind of dumb excuse, bleach bit. And then tried to say they were about weddings and vacations and personal conversations with family and friends. 
No, 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 Hillary. You know, anything to be in power. Anything to be in power for for this lady. And, you know, I once we get her in there, I, this is how I think it should go down. Once we get back to Senate and the House, then I think that I think we have a really good chance of taking down every single one of them. McCabe, Comey, Stork, Brennan, Hillary, White Mama Obama. I want to take, I want all these people in cuffs. All of them. You know, and, uh, you, you know, th- th- this, is, this is what our people in government do. So, you know, obviously we see they get away with one thing. That means they're guilty of getting away with millions more. Millions more they're guilty of getting away with. If Comey and all his buddies were getting away with FISA abuse, can you imagine the millions of other things they got away with that we have no clue about? Years and years of power built up. It's not an easy job to drain it. Trump's done a good job with eliminating and diminishing a lot of it, but you still got those guys in there. Okay. Um, let's see here. So Joe Biden, you know, I, I'm really, uh, I sincerely feel bad for this guy. I'm watching this guy go around and I'm watching this guy give interviews and I'm watching this guy look at people and, and the way he slurs and the way he even stumbles. And, uh, Sometimes he can't even remember things that happened yesterday or what state he's in. Uh, there's something wrong with the guy s- s- psychologically. He's mentally not unstable. Um, you know, he is extremely deshuffled. You know, th- this is a candidate that I don't think we've ever seen uh, in, in a Democratic, you know, as, as their nominee. I mean, somebody that is this out of uh, touch. Uh, you, you, you know, it's one thing to have crazy ideologies and opposition, uh, you know, thought, things you want to do that, that, aren't, that aren't what the president's doing. But there's also another thing of just being a complete insane lunatic and needing to probably be in a retirement home. And I'm not saying that to be mean. If you watch some of the things Joe Biden has said, he said last week that he's running for the U.S. Senate. This is, and this is one of many examples. Remember a, a month ago, where was he? He was like in Connecticut or Vermont or somewhere, and he said he was somewhere else, and everybody's like, no, sir, you're here. And then don't forget about yesterday or the day before, a union worker or, or some, one of our hard, hardworking middle-class men tried to confront him, and then Joe Biden threatened him and said, hey, buddy, you want to take this outside? And then Joe Biden's campaign person said, okay, that's enough. And then Joe Biden said, no, no, I got this. Are you, look at that. Can you imagine if Trump acted like that? If a not, if I, if your nominee told his staffer, no, I got this punk. Don't worry about him. I'll take care of him. It's like, whoa. And this guy, you know, and, and all the guy did was trying to uh, confront Biden about the whole, uh, the, 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 the second amendment crap. You know how Biden's, going to put Beto and Rourke in charge of taking our guns and, you know, taking away things that, yeah, I, I mean, it's so, so radical. Um, and this guy, I'm seeing him everywhere. And can you imagine when they get on that debate stage? I mean, Joe Biden is slow. He stutters. He can't even form a complete sentence or he can't even count to four. Remember when he said three letter words, jobs. Remember that whole, oh God, it's so funny. But no, and Trump is quick. Trump is tough. Trump is intimidating. It's over. This debate's going to be over the first night. 
And think about what they're doing, Joe Biden's people. They're not even really letting him do any interviews the last couple days. I mean, he's been out there once or twice, but they're trying to keep him rested because they don't think he's in the best state of mind. There's so many reports, and you've got all these people endorsing him. Uh, you know, this is, this is quite something, guys. And Bernie Sanders, I don't like him. I can't stand him. I think he has a lot of issues, but they are purposely rigging it for Bernie just like they did in 2016. They're taking it away from Bernie. They are. He's clearly got way more supporters than Joe Biden. Uh, Bernie's got, you know, Joe Biden goes to little high school gymnasium. Bernie actually gets a couple thousand people, not even near, not nearly as much as Trump. But, you know, even he even, Bernie even had more crowd sizes than Hillary, way more. Wasn't even close. And you see what the Bernie supporters are saying. Uh, 50% in the poll said if, if Bernie's not the nominee, they have no incentive. They, they're just not motivated to vote for Joe Biden. They don't trust him. A lot of people believe this. You're going to find this in crazy. I've talked to a lot of Democrats who I know, and they said it's so bad for them if Bernie doesn't get it that they'll vote for Donald Trump over Joe Biden. And these are people that are so far left Democrats, but they said they would only do it just to prove a point. Um, okay. Uh, wow, guys, I really get in. I, I get on these rants. Okay. Um, so President Trump, uh, he is now warning uh, that uh, he will probably veto uh, the FISA bill until the attempted coup is investigated, because we see what the Democrats are doing. They're trying to get rid of every single piece of evidence. They're trying to not face the music. They want to avoid. They want to deflect. They want to get this as far away from themselves as possible. But I agree with Trump and Republican legislation. Don't let them do this until it's investigated, because if they pass this, it, it basically – um, it's something like the, the uh, limitations or it, it, it would end certain, uh, you know, methods they could use to look into the whole, uh, you know, abuse of, of what they did to Trump. So uh, this is good that Trump's going to veto this. And we see what Nancy Pelosi and we see what some of these people are trying to slip at, la- at the last minute into these proposals. I mean, it happens all the time. You know how many bills have been signed where there's a couple sentences in there? hidden where people aren't even reading it all that benefit second-class citizens or don't benefit us. It happens all the time, you know, and yeah, they, they want to cover their ass so bad. Trump, I hope he does veto it. We need that vetoed. We need to know everything that happened. Um, Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden uh, has been slammed by a judge uh, because Hunter Biden was trying to delay the uh, paternity uh, situation until after the election because he's under this delusional mindset that daddy's going to save him and daddy's going to get in there and this is all going to go away. And the judge, the judge knows that this kid's trying to play games. The judge knows that Hunter Biden is just trying to buy time and that Hunter Biden thinks that he's above the law. And this judge, and I love what, you know, just how we've restored so much law and order back into our country and how Trump has appointed so much conservatism to these courts. And I believe that has a lot to do with how we're getting so firm and so direct and and, and so, you know, uh, tough on on some of these people. This is good, man. 
This is really good stuff. And uh, it's not going to fly. Hunter Biden, we all know what happened, getting millions of years, getting millions of dollars yearly, having no experience on a board. He even said and admitted the only reason he got those positions is because of daddy. No other th- – no, I mean, come on. If this was Donald Trump Jr., imagine if this was somebody else. I talk about Hunter Biden all the time on the show, so I don't want to waste a lot of breath on this. I'm sure a lot of you on, on, on the panel will want to talk about it, and that's fine. Um, but, yeah, you guys, it's, it's ridiculous. And, you know, the, the, day, the day is coming. You know, I believe justice is coming. But uh, speaking of the Bidens as well, there was a new article out today, and this just is how corrupt the Biden administration is. But James Biden, Joe's brother, secured $500,000 loan from a health care firm under federal investigation. Think about that. We heard weeks and months ago that Biden was giving uh, billions in government, government contracts to his brother. That was one of the first things we heard about his brother. And then he was giving all this money to one of his sister's companies. And now we hear about this. This is, this is who, who the people uh, you know, in power, this is who they are. This is what they do. I mean, can you believe this? And this is just the beginning, baby. Get your popcorn ready. This is the tip of the iceberg. We're going to keep finding more and more stuff out about the Bidens. And like I said on my show the other night, Trump isn't going to stop investigating these people. Never. He said the other day that they, they will face the music, that, you know, we are not going to stop. You know, nobody is above the law. You know, you don't deserve special, you know, quid pro quo treatment. Absolutely not. It's just like, dude. All right. Let's get into the um, – I want to get into the big thing tonight, and obviously we know what that is. It's Corona time, baby. Jesus, guys, what is going on out there? The NHL season canceled. NBA season canceled. Major League Baseball canceled. NCAA canceled. Disneyland canceled. Cruises and airplanes pretty soon probably going to be canceled. I mean, and what, what else? There, were, there, was a lot, there was lots of other things. Oh, colleges, cancel. Um, Washington, D.C., cancel. You know, all these different businesses. Think about what this is doing. To, and, I, you know, I'm about to go into a huge, huge rant on this, but let me just kind of say a few brief facts about, about this virus. Uh, of what, what we've heard the last couple of days and just actually in other, other, other things like certain people that have it. So, and by the way, I'm getting to everybody on the panel here in a second. So I only have like another minute or two in my rant. So bear with me guys. I know I talk a lot. So uh, the, the whole Tom Hanks, so Tom Hanks, I mean, this is crazy. You have Tom Hanks now who has the coronavirus. You have a famous basketball player named Donovan Mitchell who has the coronavirus. You have a pretty popular basketball player named Rudy Gobert has the coronavirus. Um, all these other people, I mean, it just, it keeps growing. You have politicians now, Matt Gates, uh, Lindsey Graham, that were exposed to it, and, and now they're self-quarantined. You, you, you know what, guys? This whole situation and how I'm seeing with how it just, it, it was out of the ordinary. It was so out of the ordinary. We won the trade war with China. We're doing so good on our economy. Uh, Trump is is invincible. I, I mean, he's untouchable. He's doing bigger and better things than anybody we've ever seen. And I think this has to do with them trying to slow him down. And I think this is set up in a lot of ways by the elites 
and by these dark money people. I don't want to be much of a conspiracy theorist, but this stuff just doesn't, it doesn't just happen. HIV and AIDS didn't just happen. The bird flu didn't just happen. You know, you know, and, and th- why are we, why are we really making such a huge fuss about something when the flu kills way more people? Um, even like this, uh, drownings kill way more people. Getting attacked by a mountain lion, which is somewhat rare, kills more people. I mean, you're, you have a better chance in a lot of ways, and I, I, don't, I don't know if I want to go this far, but being struck by lightning. I mean, I, I really, I, this whole, the, the mainstream media, you know, all these people take, you know, following each other's leads, whether it's businesses or organizations, just the canceling, you know, the media is, is really the, the main problem here and the Democrats. Because they're political, they're, they're, they're making this whole, this entire thing a political issue. They're making this all about, you know, Donald Trump not doing a good enough job. Donald Trump not doing a good enough job. Donald Trump's not there doing the proper spending. Donald Trump, you know, they do blame this on Donald Trump. You even have other countries blaming it on our president. You have the mainstream media saying that President Trump has done nothing to combat it or stop it or, or, you know, put any sort of solution in place or get medicine ready. Really? He just got all these pharmaceuticals in the Oval Office the other day, these companies, and they're working out a deal as soon as possible. This guy's taking better action on any natural disaster or any bad emergency like this, like nobody we've ever seen it. I mean, it's miraculous how strongly and how passionately and how just insightful He's been through this entire process. I mean, he he studies the books. He knows what he's reading. He knows he knows he knows what he he has all the best people around him. Look at all the doctors. Look at all the high ups that are in his circle. Um, and you know he he's a guy that always you know makes the conversation about the other person. He always wants to know what the other person has to say. Trump never acts arrogant or acts like he's always right. He he does he does what's proper and and he and he takes you know advice from the people that actually um and and this whole corona thing let's let's look at this stuff like i'm seeing everywhere how it just all these they're closing their borders you've got people randomly i mean now the most cases are in my home state of washington uh a place called i'm originally from seattle but uh you know the state of washington now has i think 176 cases and you've got the state of New York, who's like number two. You've got California, who's number three. Um, you've, I, I, I'm here in Arizona. I've lived here for eight years, but you've only got like a few cases here. Um, but no, I, I, you know, something that it really only fatally affects, from what I've read and all the science, is older people and younger babies and people that are already really sick. But if you're healthy, if you're clean, uh, if you're, you know, living a, a good life, I, I don't think you really have much to worry about. Um, I do think it's over-publicized. I think it's over-dramatic. I think it's a lot of hysteria, unnecessary. And, uh, you know, and this is what the media does. This is how they make their money. This is, it's all money-driven. It's all, you know, get as many viewers to the TV screen as possible. Tell them that everything is wrong in the world. And don't, don't forget, the people in China, where it came from, Wuhan, they're telling everybody in America, stop listening to the media. They're overly glorifying the entire dialogue. 
and the entire it's all fabrication. It's you know, but we don't like to see this though because we're seeing the stock market, we're seeing so many parts of the economy being drained and disrupted. Obviously, it's temporarily, but they want they want to make this on Trump. They want Trump to look bad. And I believe from China, and I don't really trust China on most things. They've ripped us off and been sneaky for as long as I can remember. And they've never been defeated in anything. They've always owned us economically. And since we overcame and, and you know, basically battled them till the end and, you know, prevailed, I think they – I really think they're paying us back. I mean, because look, look, why else? Why else would this be happening? One of the first places it came was the USA – It's like they're sending a message. And then you have people uh, in the Chinese government that are getting killed for exposing facts about it. You you guys, I mean, this this is, and the whole, and this is something that Trump is doing that is awesome, you know, suspending travel to Europe, because now Europe is getting a ton of it. It's ridiculous over there, too. We're living in crazy, crazy times. Um, let's go to Eric Mitchell first, uh, CEO of LifeLit Media. Eric, I'm sure you have a lot on your mind. Go ahead. Oh, wow. I, I have beyond a lot on my mind. Uh, I was just reading while you've been ranting, uh, the prime minister of Canada, his wife tested positive for the coronavirus. So that's just a, a niche, another world leader, uh, which is in there, which is kind of a concerning thing. And this is my viewpoint as your listeners may or may not know. I am a Marine Corps veteran. I find it concerning that, you know, everybody's focus should be on fixing this problem. But we see the media, again, let's go on that rant. The media seems to be either positive or negative, right? We, uh, you know, some networks are absolutely crushing the coverage and easing the panic. But others are on this, like, hate rampage or not acknowledging it exists at all. Uh, you know, I think we have a responsibility as Americans to stop making this a political thing and actually stopping this kind of completely downward spiral we've gone into where there's just outright panic. I don't know and why Eric, we're not on TV easing, easing the panic. Eric, don't, Eric, don't you think, let me ask you this. Don't you think there's way more behind the story? Cause we see all these pharmaceutical companies that have all these patents and you see all these elites like Bill Gates in the past and all these big people that go to foreign countries. They try to test certain drugs or test certain mm-hmm. outbreaks. I mean, you know, and we saw with, with AIDS, you know, when that came out, look at how mm-hmm. much money the hospitals started making on HIV medicine. And I really believe there's probably a cure for AIDS, but they just make too much money on the medicine. Same thing here with cancer. They just make too much money on the medicine. Mm-hmm. I just think a lot of this is so fishy. I mean, we see so many facts in this case and this Corona thing, all of a sudden you've got people not even going to restaurants, not going to movie theaters. Mm-hmm. Everybody's mm-hmm. everyday livelihood and business is getting disrupted. They can't feed their families. I mean, this is getting scary mm-hmm. in a sense because I really think it's obviously uh, way over dramatic and too much hysteria because we see the flu kills way more people and they don't even want to talk about that. Go ahead, though. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, no, you're good, man. I mean, just, and, you know, I work with a lot of doctors, so I will say, I, you know, when I hear the flu comparison, I think just on my own kind of personal note from what I've seen from doctors who love the president. Let's stop comparing the two because we really don't have a lot of intel onto this virus. And let's all admit that. We're taking intel that came from China, and that's what we're basing it off of. And now we have the WHO and the CDC, and we're starting to get a straight-line answer to it. 
The problem is, is the fact is that we were caught with our pants down. Uh, and it, this goes beyond one administration. This goes to several administrations that everybody kind of had their head in the clouds and nobody really prepared for it. So to blame President Trump is absolutely incorrect. You need to go start pointing fingers back maybe two, three presidencies ago. It's that long ago, right? We have to be set for this. Viruses are nothing new. We all know that, right? Ebola. I mean, movies have been made about this for years. Uh, Conveniently enough, our friends at Netflix have a sense of humor, and Sunday night at midnight, they release, that's right, Outbreak is the number one watched movie on Netflix as of Monday morning because they released it on Netflix. So let's keep in mind we've all followed this, this yellow brick road. We're now being able to go attack this virus, but we're caught behind the eight ball. Whether it's a bunch of finger pointing, which that's what I'm going to lead it to, is everybody kind of sat around and decided not to want to hop in front of this. Now we're short beds. We clearly, we have 80 tests. I live in Portland, Oregon. So I had a friend go to the doctor today. From the doctor's mouth, there are 80 tests a day available to Oregonians. These are Americans. We're not even talking about, God forbid, what the illegals are getting out of this and anybody else is coming across the border getting better medical coverage. So if you don't have a fever of over 102, you're not getting a test which is interesting because we've got NBA players who are strangely able to get to the test. And I represent a lot of these folks. So I understand they have priorities in public safety, but I think the number one thing we have to pay attention to here is not making this that he said, she said, and fixing it. And the problem is, is there's some people I question why they're in charge of anything dealing with this. And I'm going to pick on vice president Pence because he's not the man for the job. I think the president should have either done it himself or allotted somebody else who doesn't look like a yes man. And that's what I look at Vice President Pence. I'm not a fan, and I just don't like the job he's done. I don't have confidence in him. I have confidence when I hear my president speak. I look at my VP, but I think that's every VP, right? Because we have a former VP running against our president, and we see him. He likes to sniff kids. So, we're, we're, you know, that's a whole losing battle and a whole other thing with Biden. The problem is, is these folks are now overreacting. I'm now in the hole, and I spent four and a half hours on the phone with Disney today trying to get my money back. Uh, several thousand dollars for my family vacation that was scheduled to go in two weeks for my kid's spring break. I have to go get press credentials to go see my daughter run track as a high school athlete. These kids are playing and doing sports without their parents or fans able to be in the stands. We have state championship basketball. It's the teams versus each other. It's like a practice. There's nobody in the stands to cheer for them. If you're a student athlete, you're getting the raw, you're getting the raw deal. And don't get me started about the poor college kids that work their whole life, and let's face it, to get into the NBA, it's like 1% of college basketball players go that far. So most of these kids go into the Sweet 16 and the March Madness, they're never, they don't get to see it. That's canceled. This, has caught, this is going to blow back in our face. It's killing our economy. Let's face it, our stock market, uh, by the way, over in Japan right now, the market is just eating it. So we've had this blowback, and this is all caused by the media, 100% caused this panic. And now we're canceling. There's nothing happening. And where, where does this go? And you've got to think about it. The sporting events, what about the hourly employees, the hot dog guy, the guy who's going to bring you your white claw, right? What about that guy? How's he going to make money? Is he going to go on unemployment? No. Thank goodness for guys like Mark Cuban who are stepping up to the plate and actually paying these people. Now, I'd like to see the other teams match that because they all make money, and they should be ready for these rainy days that do occur. Because we can't live in a bubble. After 9-11, there should be zero businesses not prepared for a national tragedy, occurrence, terrorist attack. But what you didn't talk about, Rory, was did you notice just yesterday 
We had two Americans and a British uh, contractor killed in Iran, Iraq because Iran attacked us, and that went barely on the radar. I know we struck back this afternoon, but there's a lot of things going on that this coronavirus, because it's such a noisemaker, we're ignoring other things. And that's where I get scared because we know our friends uh, over in the Middle East, they love chaos. So we're already in our own way, and now they can go add to that chaos. And there's never a good day that we're sending troops home in a box. Uh, that's four deaths in uh, seven days over in Iraq. So my whole point is, is we need to get this corona thing. The media has a responsibility to ease the panic, put out truthful content, and it's a responsibility of our Congress, not just the president, but our congressional leaders who are voted into office to sit here and stop pointing fingers at each other and do their jobs and protect America, which they have not done since September when they went on this witch hunt for the president. And since then, the American people are feeling it in the wallet. Those fat cats are still going to make a quarter of a million dollars. They're going to make it, and they're going to sit there. But they don't think of the first responders and their families. They don't think of any of us in our families. Those people are the most self-centered people up there, and they're the ones protecting themselves first. I guarantee they've all been tested why Americans struggle to get tests and hope that our old – and my parents fit the demographic, unfortunately. So I am a little paranoid because I don't want them to get it. I don't want them to get the flu. I don't know what this thing is. And if you listen to the media, no matter what network, it's complete panic. Nobody's keeping calm. Zero. There are zero networks officially keeping calm. Everybody's like the world's on fire. you got networks with people working from home. That's how crazy these people are. CBS was evacuated yesterday. That's, this is just, to me, as somebody who works in the media, speaks into the media, this is crazy to me that they're directly responsible and the people in Congress and the, in the Senate, their job is to protect their constituents. And they're failing miserably on both sides of the aisle. They forgot we're the ones that vote them into office. And I think America's going to come back and talk in November. And if you didn't do your job now when we're in a crisis or you voted against the president in any way, you're going to pay the price. You're not going to be in office. You can go sit there with the rest of us and live in this quarantine life that we all have to go live in. That's my rant. Yeah, and think and think about you know think about all the spending we've already done and all the wasting, and this just adds to the to the chaos of, of the the deficit. I mean, I you know because yeah. we got to spend more money to combat this whole you know it just this is what these politicians love, especially the ones on the left. Right? They oh, love. Well, Roy, did you hear it last night? Did you, yeah. Did you hear last night? $50 billion is what the president wants to go. I'm sorry, but when he said that, I looked at my wife and said, where the heck are we going to get $50 billion from? $50 billion. $50 billion. Where are we going to get that? Who's, who's donating that? Maybe we could go to Mike Bloomberg. He loves to spend money on nothing. And he won <laughs> America Samoa. I'm sure he's proud of that. Let's go take it from him. He seems to just burn money. Let's go borrow some from him. Let's go, that's where we go. You know, Him and America Samoa. We get those together. Yeah, we win. America. No, absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. Um, I'm sure you have some other thoughts. Do you have any other thoughts on some of the other stuff I said? You know, uh, when we talk about, you know, I'm more about sports. You know, I'm kind of over the Hunter Biden thing. Uh, You know, this election to me, well, number one, I'm so happy to see Bernie go right where he belongs, at the very bottom, (laughs) the loser that he is, the communist socialist that he is. It's it speaks so highly to me, number one, that so much of Hollywood supported him and, and he failed. But the fact that he is exactly where he belongs, he's going to lose. I love every minute of it because, number one, it made me – what it did, and I'm not a fan of a lot of Democrats. I have some in my family, and I love them dearly. I have friends that are Democrats. But what this made me realize is America's still got a lot of good in her. 
and if you and here's my theory on this, and then I'll then I'll shut up. My theory is this: yeah, we're always have Republicans and Democrats, but we will never be socialists and we will never be communists. My grandfather put his life on the line, and so did his brother. Take the beach at Normandy, and people like Woody Williams, who have a Medal of Honor around their neck, storming the beaches at Iwo Jima. Never in my lifetime will we ever elect a guy who's older than Colonel Sanders to go and sit here and tell us communism is good and socialism is good. You know what? We're getting a sample of what socialism feels like by all this quarantining and all this stuff we've had to go through you know, in the last 72 hours, which made this week feel like a year. But thank goodness Bernie's done. But, I mean, he won't give up, right? He's got this never-quit you know, never attitude, and it's like, dude, you're done. Like I thought he was gonna, I thought he was gonna step down after losing horribly on Tuesday night. But of course, you know he wants to sit there instead of supporting his party. But at the end of the day, I was very happy. I know Biden can't stand a chance against Donald Trump, and Sanders is just that guy who's actually gonna screw over his own party. Like he has no idea what he's doing. But it, again, we should all kind of take a step back, right? Two weeks ago, we were freaked out. Holy cremoly, these people are gonna get some freaking crazy communists who's telling us how great Cuba is and, you know, Stalin and all these people, we like have massacred people. I'm happy to see that America kind of, eh, no, no, we don't want you. I mean, California, they're crazy. They'll vote for anybody with a pulse. Uh, they don't know any better. I mean, come on. They're home of some of the greatest winners of all time. Adam Schiff, freaking uh, Pelosi, Maxine Waters. I mean, you want to talk about winners, go look at the cities and areas they represent. You know, Pelosi had a ship off her coast full of people with the virus and you know they couldn't figure out where they were putting that she's got homeless i mean this is good this is a good sign since biden's not going to win but it should refresh americans we still got a little good in us and people still even our friends the democrats still love their democracy and don't want socialism that's what i got for you i'm off to wash my hands and cough like a good uh, like a good boy last i want to ask you one question before you go uh isn't it isn't it just funny and hilarious, crazy, how people on the left you want to say they care about the environment and they're crying about this coronavirus, but all their political leaders that they vote for uh, run cities that look like third-world countries. <laughs> it's true, right? I mean, if you think about it, it's amazing. You know, living, especially on the West Coast, I mean, you're familiar with it with Seattle. I'm familiar with it with living in Portland, L.A., uh, San Francisco. All these cities are controlled with homeless and just this horribleness and they like oh we want to save the environment and then you drive through a beautiful portland is a beautiful city and if you drive through it now it's not it's like a homeless shanty it's like it's like a refugee camp from when all the cubans defected from bernie's favorite country cuba because you know castro is a good guy he just misunderstood i mean i guess that's what his take would be on adolf hitler too he was just understood he just really didn't like jewish people i guess but you're going to look at it, and these people, you know, homeless shanties everywhere. They're on the side of the road. It's like a camping trip everywhere you go here in Oregon. Same when you go up to Seattle. They're in the, you know, the hills by the city. I mean, in Los Angeles, come on, that's horrible. San Francisco, I don't even want to visit there anymore, and I used to love that city. I think it's gorgeous. But then you get around there, they have no laws, none. Prostitution is unpunished in the city of San Francisco. Drug offenses, unpunished. So you can basically do whatever you want in San Francisco, and here they are, run by liberal Democrats who think Antifa's awesome and the police are bad. That's the, this. That's why. That's why we're in the problem we're in, and why we can't fix a simple virus that should have been shut down weeks ago. We're unable to do it because we got people who don't care. Because if they have to do their damn job, they're not going to do it. 
because they're going to go, oh, Donald Trump, Donald Trump, he pissed me off, so I'm going to be angry. Well, good for you. You now have a ton of homeless, so guess where this virus loves to feed off of? Our elderly and the people who are destitute. Oh, hello, homeless people. So great. So now guess who's going to have to pay for that? Us, the taxpayers, the hard I, I bust my butt. You know, we live in a country now where, have you noticed, Roy, it's bad to make money? Have you seen the people on social media that crucify you if you make good money? You work your butt off and yeah. you make money? You're a bad yeah, they guy want, now? They want, they want to say how bad capitalism is, and they want to say how billionaires shouldn't exist. But what they fail to mention is how billionaires are the reason millions of people have jobs. Corporations are the reason people have jobs. You know, it's so backwards how, they, how their mindsets are. Amen, brother. I, 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 it blows me away as an entrepreneur, as someone who has prided himself from building his business from nothing to and sit here and bo- see people. Doesn't it bother you, these oh, leeches? Don't they bother you like all these people that think they're owed and entitled to what you make? I mean, it's just the most disgusting, pathetic oh. uh, way to live your life. I mean, these people are just en- the biggest envious people. I- I've never seen anything like it. 100%, my friend. 100% agree with you. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, what, what's been going, what, what do you got coming on up in the near future? I know you're working on a lot of projects. I know you're on a lot of media channels. You're on Fox News all the time. You're on ABC, CBS. You've been on pretty much every channel I can think of. And you do, you know, columns to different papers. You get a lot of shout outs for your business. Uh, but tell everybody. Uh, just basically continuing our mission is to continue, number one, our, our nonprofit side. It's not really a nonprofit, but it's kind of our pet, my, my passion project which is continuing to mentor and help veterans grow their brands and get them in and teach them how to use the media so they can get the same exposure that other brands uh, can get on TV and in radio and just continuing doing that. And then helping our clients grow. We got some amazing clients that were really helping uh, a lot of amazing women that we're working with that are uh, amazing conservative women who are out there just crushing it. They're calling themselves like boss babes and they're going out there and going, no, we're not going to sit here and have a pity party. We're out here and we're crushing it. And they're conservative, so they understand it. They support the president. They're fans. You know, they want to go out, and, you know, they're kind of going – they're the anti of this victimhood. And I'm not saying everyone's a victim, but you have so many of these people who are going out there and like, oh, poor pity me. Instead, you've got you – got we have some – I call them women hustlers. They're out, they literally grind better than anybody else I know, and they go make money, and they kill it when they're doing their job. So it's great to see those. We've been working a lot with some amazing women entrepreneurs that have amazing TED Talks. And they're just out there crushing it right now. So it's been real fun kind of making that to really doing that. And by big announcement, we kind of made this change a month ago. Uh, there's a new CEO at LifeLit Media. I'm kind of focused directly on media and kind of growing my personal brand, uh, advising people for the media and focusing on our sports side. So my beautiful wife, Lucy, is officially the new CEO of our company running it. I really want to have a strong woman in charge. And she does a much better job at all the financial and the office stuff than I ever could because I'm a Marine, so counting on my fingers is what I get for math. So, you know, I, I got to stick to having somebody smarter. So it's really been cool to kind of make that pivot, have my wife running the show, helping with the team, so I can focus more on our passion project and helping my vets and continuing launching our brand and getting more media exposure for those brands. That's what we have to do. It's the American way, baby, and that's what we're doing. I love it, man. Well, God bless you, brother. Tell everybody where they can connect with you. Uh, come follow me. Uh, I make it easy. Eric L. Mitchell everywhere. So EricLMitchell.com, Eric L. Mitchell on Twitter, Eric L. Mitchell on Facebook, and Eric L. Mitchell on Instagram. 
And even on YouTube, go check it out. We have all of our folks are actually on my YouTube channel. So everybody we put on TV, including my ugly mug, you can go check it out, see on there, and uh, reach out to us there because we got a lot of amazing people on there. All righty, man. We will definitely have you back soon. Let's, like I said, we're, we're going to have you on every week as a regular because we, uh, we love your insight. Right. We love your presence, and you bring such great value to the show. So thank you, and uh, we'll have you back soon. All right, everybody. So we got a lot of people coming on the show tonight. We're going to be having uh, Fox News executive and founder of LaCorte News, Ken LaCorte, will be calling in soon. We also have business mogul and patriot John MacGyver calling in, as well as jihad expert and best-selling author Paul Sutliff. Um, and I'm going to be getting to Paul, Paul Sutliff here next. But first, um, and I'm going to get, be getting to Jim Price, who's on the line I see. I also have Daniel Anna. Uh, but I want to get uh, to retired police chief and homicide detective, uh, Michael Valsi. Uh Michael, I know you probably have a lot of thoughts, my friend. Go ahead. Yeah, I know you got a lot of guests tonight, Roy. I'll keep it short. You know, my thoughts on this coronavirus is the fact that uh, I think it's been politicized. I don't think there's any doubt. I think they're trying to harm Trump and harm the economy any way, shape, or form that they can. Since a lot of these organizations are liberal anyway, they have no problem closing down if they think it'll it'll hurt the president or help crash the economy. Uh, the universities are all basically run by liberals. But, you know, the, truth, the facts of the matter is you have 1,636 confirmed cases, 37 deaths, 23 from the same senior uh, life care center in Washington State, okay, when you look at this, now we don't know how many people are walking around infected, but I think one of the important things to know is that most people that get this will be asymptomatic to start with, right? Some will have nothing more than a common cold and go on about their business. And the unfortunate thing about that is they'll infect other people. But the people that seem to be affected the most are senior citizens that have compromised immune systems. I'm not quite sure where all the panic is coming from. Unless there's some kind of a a mutation to this virus that they're hiding from us, which I highly doubt. I just want to say real quick, you know what it's kind of reminding me of, especially with how the people on the left are reacting to it? Kind of like when the whole global warming thing first came to light, you know, back in the day, and everybody started obsessing about it, and then it became more and more. Uh, something that couldn't get out of their heads and all these people telling them all these crazy things, especially the media, kind of similar, you know? It's exactly right. And if you think about this, we get one of these viruses every two years. It seems to fall in an election cycle. Uh, But I like to harken back to the uh, H1N1. You know, we had a thousand people died, thousands and hundreds of thousands of people hospitalized, and it took months for the Obama admission, uh, administration to declare a national emergency. To me, when you compare the two, this thing doesn't even stack up to that. Now, I understand the ordeal that happened in China, and I mentioned on your show before, and I think it's slowly but surely coming out that this came from a bioweapons uh, lab or a biochemical lab in Wuhan, China. I don't think there's any doubt. I think the encouraging thing is Wuhan isn't really reporting any new cases of this. And right, you know, and they're pretty much Michael, life is Michael, going back to me, normal there. What makes me tick, what makes me crazy is how I, and, and you're getting into something really good here, because here's how I view the entire thing. 
I really strongly think, and I don't like to talk about conspiracy theories, but when you have, you know, this sort of viruses and something that becomes this big of an epidemic, think about how much money these pharmaceutical companies are going to make off of this. Think about how much people that own the patents, how much people, the elites that put money towards this with, you know, the different testing. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. I think there's a positive thing coming out of this, though, is we realized our dependency on China, both for regular antibiotics or in regular prescription drugs, in addition to medical supplies. They realized how the country was really sold out to the Chinese over the years by multiple administrations, outsourcing all of our jobs and all of our critical uh, manufacturing to China. And the president is exposing this. And I think slowly but surely we're starting to realize the need to start to manufacture some of these products at home. I think that was another reason for his meeting with the pharmaceutical industry was to say, hey, look, you need to start making these drugs here. And I think you're going to see that happen. Uh, just to go back on something that was previously said, you know, I watched a great uh, two-part episode on Dave Janda, who's a retired doctor, Operation Freedom on his website. He's got the Operation Freedom website. He also has a YouTube channel. He exposed something that has yet to be reported in the media, but it just shows you how far ahead of, of things President Trump really is. He formed a commission back in 2018, early in 2018, and came up with a report on the administration's bioweapons defense plan. Okay, now this goes back to 2018, and that plan is available to, to see. Uh, that just tells you how far back they realized that this could happen and probably would happen. I think they were well prepared. I think he's assembled a remarkable team of people. Uh, and, and he's been complimented highly on the team by people that aren't anti-Trumpers. Uh, but I think, uh, think the thing's been blown out of proportion. And like I said, the only thing that could have caused it is something they're hiding from the public other than the fact they hate, they hate the president and they want to destroy the economy. They know they can't beat him at the elect, in the election. They, they're losing in, in every significant battleground state. They're, they're, they're just behind the eight ball, and they had to come up with something, and this is, this is the, what they came up with. Uh, with regards to that, uh, you know, and then they politicized this. Pelosi tried to use the funding for the coronavirus to include abortion funding. They can't do anything without attaching something to it. They can't produce a clean bill in Congress without attaching some plaything to it. It's, it's really disheartening. But I do want to talk about Joe Biden a little bit. Uh, I, I just I have a feeling they can't, be, they can't settle with Joe. There has to be something in the works at the Democratic Convention, uh, either through his vice presidential pick and through the superdelegates. Something's going to happen there. This man had a medical test done in December. They didn't do a cognitive uh, test for, one, for some reason. And we can probably guess what that was. But he, he can't remember what office he's running for. 
He can't remember Obama's name. That's a number of occasions where he's actually forgot Obama's name. Because he has uncontrolled anger, which is a sure sign of of senility. Uh, His speech is slurred. Uh, He forgot the Declaration of Independence. I mean, even if you don't know the lines, you should remember the document. Uh, He was confused in that debate about uh, female black senators. I just think there's pressure on him also with this Burisma thing. Five members, and you mentioned Hunter Biden. He just happens to be one of the five. Five members of that Biden family that benefited off Joe Biden's position as vice president, who profited, directly profited off that position. Hunter just happens to be a pawn in this. He's a pawn. He was used for kickback money is all he was used for. And that's going to come out, and that'll be exposed. In regards, and I, and I think, you know, you kind of hit on it. You know, you said the arrests are coming. I think arrests are happening. I think there's been a lot of low-level arrests. I think you're starting to see that panic in D.C. You see it in Chuck Schumer. You saw that those remarks he made towards the Supreme Court. I'd like to remind you and your listeners, if you remember back to the impeachment hearing, Schumer walks up after he was done speaking to an empty chair and tells somebody to get out of it. There was nobody in the chair, and he's motioning for somebody to get out of the chair. I mean, I think he's losing his mind, too. Uh, I want to touch on this FISA thing, Roy. I was a little apprehensive about this whole thing when it came up for renewal, and I'm thinking, you know, we can't renew FISA. We just can't do it. You know, it's been misused. It'll be misused again down the road if somebody other than Trump is president. Then I got to thinking about it realistically. Once Barr went over there to argue in favor of the FISA renewal, I think what we're going to probably get is a temporary renewal or a, a lengthening of this current one, or maybe they'll just table this. And I think the reason for that is, remember, FISA goes both ways. And I think FISA's been used correctly now by the Trump administration. So I don't think they want to get rid of it totally yet, but I think it is going to change. Uh, and it'll be restrictive to uh, uh, foreign people as it was originally designed and not designed not to target U.S. citizens. I think that's going to happen, but I also think it's being used in the right way right now. So with that, I think uh, I'll touch on Harvey Weinstein. You know, I was kind of shocked to see he got the 23 years, but that sure has to have some people in Hollywood awful panicked because that's a circle of people there that uh, they were committed to Harvey Weinstein and all of his shenanigans and things that were going on along with Epstein. So I think we can uh, look forward to hearing more information on that whole whole thing there. So with that, I'll stop talking and uh, let you get on to your other guests. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And Michael, don't you, don't you agree that this whole Harvey Weinstein, uh, them busting him, do you think that he gave any dirt on any of the high ups? I mean, think about it. I mean, he had access to every single person you could ever think of. My personal opinion, Rory, is they get they received the information they needed for some of these people from uh, 
from uh, Epstein. I think they had information from Epstein. They have a lot of Epstein's files. They have a lot of Epstein's videotapes. He had to give up that stuff, a lot of it willingly, and agree to have his properties searched because they searched all of his properties. And I think there was a boatload of information on not only Harvey Weinstein, but others in Hollywood. And I think well, that's why you see Hollywood coming out so hard against the president. You know, well, here's what they, I wonder. Just, when they were interrogating Harvey Weinstein and they were getting all this information from Harvey, I wonder how much other people they got dirt on. Because Harvey and all his buddies in Hollywood, I mean, they control some of the, you know, they control everything in a lot of ways. I mean, they're, they're no different than they the sure highest on Wall Street or, or World Bank. I mean, Hollywood, they own. They own the world in a lot of ways. Well, they do, and I'm not saying he didn't talk. He very well could have said something, and that could have been the agreement. I mean, I don't know, but uh, I was surprised that this judge gave him 23 years because doesn't he still have the case pending in Los Angeles? I think there's a couple pending. I think he's got uh, two rape cases and I think four different charges, I believe, pending in Los Angeles. Uh, And I don't think that hasn't happened yet. So I was really kind of shocked. I thought if he had cooperated, this sentence may have been a little bit less. But, you know, he went up against the right judge, I guess, and saw what he did and figured it was time to punish him for it. No, I I hear you. I hear you. Absolutely. Um, Any other thoughts, though? I I know you probably – there were a lot of things I kind of went over. Yeah, well, you mentioned the the, uh, deceased people on the voter rolls. One thing we noticed, we didn't hear, we've always heard rumblings about this in the past, but I think now you're starting to hear more and more about it. And I think the reason for that is we have more good people in places now. And I think those people are exposing it, uh, exposing this. And that's why we're starting to see this come out more. And there's been a lot of court hearings on the registration, on the registration rolls, right? in some voters re- voter registration rolls in some of these states. And the courts are ruling on it. So I, I think this is one of the reasons is because I think we have more people in place to expose some of this stuff. And, and I still am holding out hope that there's an executive order or something happens that voter ID is put in place before the next election. I'm not too concerned because in spite of the corona, in spite of everything that's gone on, Trump's approval rating just keeps going up. So I, I think it that's does. all positive. Amen. Amen. I, I agree. I agree 100%. And, and, Michael, tell everybody again where they can connect with you. You can reach me on Twitter, at Michael Volsi, V as in Victor, A-L-S-I. Uh, be glad to talk to you there. Everybody, I'm going to introduce to the show now, we have Fox News executive and founder of LaCorte News, Ken LaCorte. And by the way, I will be introducing afterwards uh, business mogul and patriot, John MacGyver. So very excited, big show ahead of us, and we'll also still get to Daniel Anna and Jim Price. Uh, But right now, uh, I believe he's with us, Ken. Ken LaCorte, how are you, buddy? Yeah, I'm doing very well. It's it's LaCorte without the extra A, although if you were in Italy where my family was from, you pronounced it correctly. 
All righty. Thank you, man. I'm sorry, but uh, uh, I'm glad, glad I uh, have you on the show. Um, obviously, you're doing a lot of big things. Your first time on. Uh, you have quite the resume. Tell, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. I worked at Fox for uh, almost 20 years. I'd worked for uh, the guy who started that, Roger Rails, since I was 20, 22 years old, actually. He was kind of gave me my first job, worked with him through most of my life. Uh, a few months after he got uh, blown out, I got shown the door there as well. Uh, a couple of years ago, I started LaCourt News. Um, and, and what we really do is, is we just take a, a strong look at what we used to call media bias, and now it's gone kind of off the rails. I mean, the media in the last, you know, I'd say five, seven years has gone from being kind of reliably liberal to outwardly activist, you know, virtual arms of the DNC for 80 to 90 percent of the national press. So we report a lot about, you know, on, on the top stories of the day uh, with, with an eye on that, as well as what I think is the biggest challenge for conservatives over the next 10 years which will be Silicon Valley and, and their growing censorship. The, uh, the kids who uh, were part of the cancel culture in college, they're now running Facebook and Twitter and Reddit and all those other sites. And I, I think that that's going to be the issue that conservatives have to deal with more important than almost any other over the next five, 10 years. Yeah. And I, I agree with you 100%. And, and you know, we see how uh, in terms of media outlets, it's, it's very limited in, and kind of unfair for conservatives at this point. I always talk on my show, 97% of the media is controlled by, by liberals. Uh, we only get that 3% of, of fairness uh, directed towards our party. And, uh, you know, it, it's, you, I guess you got Breibart, you got Washington Examiner, Washington Examiner uh, Drudge, obviously yours, um, Fox News, you know, uh, although I, I wish Fox News would get rid of some people that are influencing some of the dialogue there. And it's kind of gotten leftist in, in certain ways. I, I, you know, I just with, uh, sure, some no, of the, some of the, but, but, you know, anyways, but just with how, uh, you know, scary and, and aggressive and, and dishonest um, our society has become with the news, you know, outlets like yours are so important. Outlets like Breibart are so important because it's, it's not easy uh, you know, being the minority uh, with with getting uh, the real facts. You know what I mean? I mean, we all these all these companies they they're out for money and they're out for getting the story out first. It's not necessarily even about being right. And uh, you know, I I really love independent journalism and outlets like yourself because you guys really do it the right way. You know, and we need more of it. There's not enough of it. You know, I'm convinced that, that, you know, some of the mainstays that we grew up with, uh, New York Times, you know, they have gone from being kind of reliably liberal to often just being intellectually dishonest. And, you know, I can lie by telling the truth. Say, right. last week, Pete Buttigieg was, was wearing underwear, and he gave a speech to gay guys. And right. those could all be true things, just not mentioning that he was wearing a suit, that he was wearing shoes and a pants, and, and there was 10,000 people in the audience. And I see that more and more kind of every day as we go by. They're not making the facts up. They are cherry-picking the facts, intentionally leaving other facts, putting uh, out, putting disparate notions together to draw people to the wrong conclusions. The New York Times story on Tulsi Gabbard had the word Russia in it 18 times after, uh, uh, you know, trying to imply that she was a Russian asset after Hillary said that because, well, this 
this website liked her and Pravda said something. It was, it was, um, it, it's close to propaganda sometimes in the national press corps. And, and, and Ken, what, here's what I talk about on my show all the time. And, and it's really become a disgusting epidemic because people write news stories, these reporters that, you know, that, that makes them feel good. That, that it's not even about facts and these people, you know, slander and attack people's families and they go into their, their jobs and their livelihoods, like there's no boundaries. And I, I, I want to know, like, I don't want to be communist China. I don't want people to get their free speech taken away, but to some degree, I mean, these people, they, they don't get held to the same standard or, or take any responsibility uh, unlike normal citizens would have to. I mean, some of the things these people put out, they should be put in jail. I mean, it's, it's, per, it's, it's about as malicious and hostile some of these pieces that I, I mean, I've never seen. It's ridiculous. You know, I actually think that, that, and it's weird for journalists to be saying this, I actually think that we do need to relax the standards of, of libel and uh, of libel law and, and the ability to sue somebody when they slander you in America. Um, if you are a public figure and you are, I am, pretty much everybody who is doing anything in the public sphere, you have to prove not only that they were wrong, but they intentionally did it. And even if you can, it is hard, hard, hard to win a libel case. I've been, I've been looking at the case against the New York Times. Because uh, they ran something that was so intellectually dishonest that it just blew my mind, even when they did it. And it's like, okay, it's about four or five hundred thousand dollars just to get up to the table, just to ante into the game to be able to go through motions to dismiss, to go into motions for change of venue, to go into to um, um, you know all of the things that would happen. Discovery cost a hundred grand. Um, um, you know all of those things. Even before you get to a trial, you've spent. Two three hundred thousand dollars on that, and given our laws, kind of hard to win because you have to not only prove that you have to prove that they meant it, they prove that they knew it was false, prove that they did it intentionally, and then prove how much money you lost on it. And those are all very very hard bars to win, which is why you so infrequently see libel cases and and, and slander cases moving forward. So, so even if they have, even if they, if, even if they're knowingly purposely writing something that is untrue it's it's so hard to prove you know it's, it's it's hard to prove it's expensive to prove and you know you have to put all those calculations in it's like how many people can afford to to go into a process where it could easily cut cost upwards of, of a half a million dollars to to win a case and and even then it's nothing slam dunk in in, in the world it just it, you know and when i was in 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 fox and some of the others you know we always tried to be honest and fair and, and accurate, but we never worried about a libel suit. Whereas they have a little bit lower of a standards to, to prove that in, in, in England, for instance, and that keeps them on their toes a little bit. So, you know, I, I, I would like us to, to relax those standards in, in America to make people actually have to double check before they say that you are what they said you are. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. And, and it sounds like your news outlet, LaCourt La News is, doing pretty well and and tell tell us this i mean is, is it growing with and i know you're getting a lot of good feedback for your platform but is it growing in the sense that more and more people are having you know that those achievements and that that kind of um success uh with the conservative outlets i mean do you we see the daily you know, call that was I, is doing I, well I, I we see all the, you know, i was i was growing and doing okay i would say as, as of last november we had a million people a month come across 
most of that traffic was built because I built up uh, about three and a half million followers on on face on our various sites. And yeah. midway through November, a week after us reporting on the Eric Charmella case, uh, the you know the CIA supposed so-called whistleblower on that. Facebook completely yanked all of our pages. I have not been able to get an email back from them. I, I think that the New York Times had something to do with that. They were playing around in there, and they gave them some bad information. And literally our income dropped 90 95% overnight. Um, and, and I literally can't get an email response back from Facebook. That's how big and powerful some of these, some of these sites are. We've built that up over the past four months. We've built that up probably about a third of the way back. But um, I am 100% convinced that the big tech companies are going to prune off you and other guys that are, that are you know, they're not the foxes and bright parts, but the, and they're not the nobody cares about them, but they're in that middle range. They've created these rules, and they will be able to pull off most of that, and, and, and I, I see that in action every day. Hey, have you ever heard of, of a, a Reddit subreddit called the Donald? I have not. I got I got to check it out though. Okay, so you're young enough where you probably should have, but I'm 55 and I'm, I'm I'm past that age. So Reddit is the fifth or sixth largest website by traffic in the United States. It's well, a, no, I know that a, I know Reddit a, well. I just never yeah, read yeah, the, I'm, the I'm Donald one. So one of the largest subreddits, you know. So so for people who aren't aware of it. You go on there, and they've got various communities, and you can type Reddit slash electric bikes, and then you'll see people who are around, and you know, you'll have 20,000 people talking about electric bikes or whatever you want. Right. And it's from, it's from politics to pictures of, of pandas to anything you could imagine is there. Well, a site called The Donald, which was a pro-Donald Trump uh, subreddit, got in there three years ago, four years ago, and took off. It's got nearly a, a million members. I think it's got a, just under 800,000 right now. Reddit is in the process, as we speak, of throttling this down, of quarantining it, maybe, meaning you, you can't see it in their search, meaning if you try to go to it, they give you a warning page. Because, you know, four numbskulls three months ago put something stupid in one of the comments out of hundreds of thousands of comments. Of course, that violates their, 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 that violates their terms and conditions, even though they're cherry-picking out things. It is literally the largest act of political suppression I've seen in the past 20 years in America, un- unparalleled, and barely anybody's paying attention to it. But you've got 800,000 mainly young people having just a pro-rah-rah Donald Trump site that is in the process of being strangled. That's the kind of thing that just scares the living crap out of me. No, I, I hear you. I hear you. So, I mean, in other words, you know, you know, any any of these outlets that get somewhat popular and somewhat successful like yours or the daily the daily caller they'll just get bought out and taken over by new york times and they'll get ruined won't they i mean this is essentially what you're saying right well i'm saying that they that the big tech will shut them down new york times big tech uh, yes big tech because we're seeing it i mean my 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 accounts you know even just sharing my show in certain groups on facebook they'll block you for two weeks i mean these people they're relentless I mean, and Twitter. I, I did nothing I on the name I, of the. I reported the name of the of the of the CAA guy who was the supposed whistleblower who launched the the impeachment hearings in, into the president. I got completely killed off of Facebook. I got those videos taken down off of YouTube. Twitter didn't do anything weirdly. 
Um, uh, Reddit took them down, and uh, Google said uh, we are demonetizing any pages with the mention of that. I mean, that's um, that's a, that's a frightening thing, and uh, and well, more and more we're we're facing that, and and, and it, it is the battle that conservatives will have to fight over the next handful of years. And how do you see big tech uh, in the near future? I mean, we see how dominant they are right now. It's, we see how evolved it is. We see how they've taken over. You know, they're, they're taking away people's, uh, you know, ways of, uh, of getting paid, uh, shutting down big people's accounts, uh, going after even people's, um, you know, everything you can think of. I mean, think about all the big conservatives that, have have just been screwed with and, and messed with and deplatformed and you know I, I don't know where where this goes but I would hope Trump and I, he already has done a lot to combat and and take action on this issue but I mean there's still a lot left to do. He's done a little. Uh, um, to be honest, he hasn't done as much as I thought. Part of that is because he's got 72 million Twitter followers. Although you know you see Nancy Pelosi jumping up and down and saying they need to stop his, you know, stop him from, from, uh, from having a Twitter account. I mean, it truly is, look, one tactic stopped working for, for liberals, the tactic of calling everybody a racist. All right. Five years ago, if somebody said, Rory, you're a racist, it would have been like, whoa, hey, wait, no, no. I, what, what do you mean? I, that's not true. Like, that's important. Oh, my God. No, I'm not a racist. Now you can roll your eyes because, it, you know, it pops off at the, at the drop of the hat. The, you know, the New York Times gal who was on, on MSNBC the other day and, and, and wrongly estimated how much Michael Bloomberg uh, spent by, by, by a factor of a million to one, saying that he could have given a million dollars to every American. As it turns out, it was a dollar fifty-three. You know, her comeback was, racists are attacking me for bad math. And a few years ago, that would have been like, oh, my gosh, terrible that racists are doing that. Now you're like, we know you're lying. So they've given kind of up on that, and, and Trump has, has been kind of like just the strong man in the room on that. The racist, sexist thing is a, is a little harder to stick. Um, but the cancel culture is now their new big tactic. Um, um, you know, Chris Wallace, we didn't like what you said. Ken LaCord on your website, we didn't like what you wrote. And so instead of fighting you, we're going to ban you. And, and that's, that's an effective tactic so far for the left. Right, right. Speaking, speaking of Fox News and speaking of – you know, that whole thing, uh, I mean, wow, you live, so you lived quite the life. I mean, you, what were you, you, you ran that place for what, 20 years? So what I did is, is um, um, Roger hired me to run the West Coast for a number of years. Where Roger we Ailes. had, uh, we had three, three, yeah, we had three bureaus and we had a handful of reporters and maybe, you know, maybe, maybe 50, 60 people in the West Coast operation. And then the last 10 years there, I ran FoxNews.com, uh, the editorial for all of that. So it was, a, uh, it was a very cool place to work. I think uh, without Fox News, America would be more like the EU, um, um, had, had that voice not been out there. And uh, a lot of Americans have a big, big debt of gratitude for, for Fox News. You can bitch about, oh, why do they have Geraldo? Or, oh, my God, I can't believe they have the former DNC chairwoman Donna Brazil. But without that alternative voice, which was the – only leading diversity on all of television. You know, America would be in a different place right now. Right. And you know, he, here's what I want to, you know, kind of talk about how, in your strong opinion, you know, obviously I think a lot of the, the, the news reports that come out about Fox news saying that, you know, people are abusive over there and there's a lot of crazy stuff that happens over there. I, I really think 
Fox News has always been unnecessarily attacked. I, I think it's been going on for the longest time. I'm not going to say Fox News, they're all angels over there, but I'm also going to say I think so much, so much of the narrative that has come out um, is fabricated from it's what complete, other others say. It's complete, it's complete, it's complete BS. Uh, I mean, look, I, I worked there for 20 years. We had, we had a growing number of people. We had between two and 3,000 people working there every year. All right, well, that's like a small town. All right. And over 20 years, that's 50,000 human years on, on that. So clearly, sometimes people did crazy stuff. I mean, we had we had one guy running a call girl operation out of one of our bureaus. We have, uh, you know, we have, I mean, you know, nutty stuff happened. On air people were drug addicts, um, um, you know, people. But the concept that it was like this grab ass culture that you saw in some of those uh, some of those uh, uh lawsuits most of which didn't go anywhere 100 percent wrong it just yeah i'm not saying nothing ever happened to anybody because certainly in in that kind of an atmosphere you know it's it's just a lot of people but it was a very conservative place it was not a you know guys using the squirt guns it was not what you saw on 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 naked girls running around it just wasn't that and and you know you get showtime you get uh, you get hollywood i mean they hated them from the get-go and imagine if, like, the people after you die, the people who hated your guts made a movie about you. What's it going to look like? Right. And, and clearly that was what's going on there. So, look, I, you know, most women I know at Fox News had a great experience working there. Um, and, and some of that stuff I believe, some of it I clearly don't. I mean, you know, you've got money and fame and all sorts of things wrapped up. People do nutty things. I mean, like we had a gal one time who, when she was going to a Fox News party, she was she was a contributor trying to be a, a regular contributor. She hired her own paparazzi to kind of see her on the on the on the sidewalk and take pictures of her to make 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 her look better in, in, in life. I mean, you know, you had crazy shit like that going on. So, but the concept of of what you know the leftist media has portrayed on it, it's just because they hate them. It's just because they hate their their politics and they they blew things so out of proportion to be just not not true at all wow and no I, well crazy no absolutely and no so let me ask you this so roger ailes you obviously knew him close you were probably you knew him well you worked right he was like, right he was beside like him and he was like my second father yeah he was like your second father yeah no he gave me my first job at 22 i was at his house yeah. two weeks before he died i was very very close with right. him i i, I love him and what and isn't it isn't it a shame how and I've always respected him. I always thought he was a good guy. I always I always thought he was down to earth. I always thought he was one of the smartest people uh in in these uh in this industry and um you know he really gave a lot uh to his employees and to just to society. I mean, you know, his brain, his 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 drive and and just his his passion and insight. You know, you you can't make too many people like that, but um the way they treated him. I mean, what, what do you think of this? All, I mean, you don't believe anything that Megan Kelly or Carlson, Gretchen Carlson, these people said that he tried to, I mean, you know, he sexually abused them. I don't believe that. Do you? You know, I, I believe there probably was some stuff going on, but I, 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 I but I don't believe it for the most part, but, but also it has to say, you know, what, what exactly did they say? I mean, you know, look at Gretchen Carlson, for instance, Gretchen Carlson never, said that he kissed her or that he grabbed her or that he did. I mean, she had a 
a recording of him for that she recorded over the last year or two there. And the worst thing, and I've read, and you can read it online, I've read the, the complaint that she put against him. You know, the worst thing that he said is, hey, Gretchen, you know, years ago we should have had sex that would have been good for you and good for me type of thing. She also claims that, that, you know, when she first went on that he said, you know, if you sleep with me, you'll get a better, a, a better job. She literally recorded the guy for a year or two and came up with kind of not all that much. Um, so was there anything, you know, who knows? I'm not never, I'm not in every closed door meeting. Do I, do I think that there was any kind of serious abuse to Gretchen Carlson who had just kind of a crappy show? I'd, I'd pulled Roger for the last year to kill the show. It just, it was our lowest performing thing our lowest performing and rating show in that, in that time frame, And she was thoroughly unlikable and unliked by most of her colleagues. Um, so, so, you know, no, I don't believe most of that. And, and, and the fact that she got payoff was because the Murdochs wanted to put a spike in his, in his coffin. Um, and so they paid her a big chunk of dough. Not so ironically, they had a they had a, an insurance policy that they were able to cash in on that, so they actually didn't pay her anything. Uh, you know, same thing with O'Reilly. I mean, O'Reilly was was you know I think he had probably a couple gals who were routine guests on his shows that he was he was having an affair with. But things that Fox did to him and the way that the New York Times somehow ended up with his entire HR folder, and and the way that they did that, it was it was a kind of an inside hit job. Right, and, and you being around Roger almost probably every day. I mean, you, you said you said he was like a father to you. You were always, you know, working working beside him. I was, on a, I, was, I was on a phone call or in a meeting with him twice a day for fifteen years, and I and and I had never seen anything like that. Now, look, in fairness, if if you're doing weird things on the off, you know, you don't do it in the middle of the boardroom. But I, but you know, the concept that he was even anywhere close to there was something I had never never seen any indication of. And what's he like? What's he like? Probably a, a very fun guy to be around. Great stories. Probably, you know, Roger. You know, really, Roger was Roger was one of the funniest guys you would ever meet. I mean, I used to joke that we could get our staff meetings and put them on, and we'd do great ratings. He was engaged. He was bright. He was, uh, you know, he, he believed in America. He believed in Fox. He believed that Fox fell, America would fall. He believed in, in, you know, he was very tribalist. Whether that was for um, as an American, whether that was as, as a Republican, whether that was as a Christian, I mean, you know, or as a, as a Fox News person, he had his, you know, he kind of had his tribes. Uh, but I tell you, another thing that, 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 that uh, probably doesn't come out enough is he cared for his people in a way that was just mind blowing. He, you know, it would not be unusual for me to get a call at five in the morning saying, hey, we got a, we got an anchor who's flying out to rehab in California and you need to go to the airport and, and, and take care of him and make sure he gets in. I mean, that, that would have been like a, yeah, okay. Sounds, sounds good. I can't tell you how many people had personal problems, whether it was drug abuse, whether it was, uh, was, was marriage issues, whether it was all sorts of things where they just kind of knew that Roger would be behind them and, and back him up or back, back you up. And, and unless you were like a bad person, you could blow it and swear on air or do something stupid. Nobody, nobody got, I don't know if you've noticed this, nobody got fired at Fox for like just having a brain fart and saying something stupid on air. Never happened. You know, um, um, uh, Don Imus had a huge career until he said nappy headed hose and then his, his career was over that day. Chris Wallace says something that's the mildest comparison to anything Hitler had ever heard in my life. His career is over that day. Look at Megan Kelly. Megan Kelly. 
Um, um, you know, look, when Roger was popular, she liked him. When Roger was fallen, she didn't like him. I'm not quite sure which which to believe out of that. But then she went over to NBC and and said something that, you know, 90% of people in America would view as eminently reasonable. She said, you know, not every kid who dressed up in blackface for Halloween was a racist. Well, duh. I mean, that's something that everybody in America, 90% of people in America know. But the knives at the next day she was crying on air i'm sorry i talked to my black friends and i didn't know didn't understand and now i do and the next day she was fired that never happened to any anchor or or reporter at, at fox news it just happened and that was because roger Ailes had our backs and as long as we weren't actively trying to screw the company or do something bad if you made a mistake and you were trying your best you knew 100 percent that this guy was going to have your back and and that was a that was a reason why Fox News grew into a, a behemoth, because the team wasn't afraid of making mistakes. Sometimes they were they were they were out there and they were they were doing their best. I love it. I love it. Amen. And I, I do got to let you go here in a second, but I want to ask you before you go, what? How do you think since Roger Ailes left? You know, how how do you think since he left Fox News and you left Fox News, uh, how it's changed? I mean, is it? way is it way different than, than you remember it i mean is it uh how, how do so, you how do you sure, kind sure. of uh view it there, there's the there's the internal and there's the external i can say that internally it's gone very liberal it's gone very hey you got all the uh you know we're, we're, we're giving out a prize to whoever knows the most amount of pro-gay facts on gay gay month you know they've got a lot of stuff like that Externally, a lot of my friends, and I don't watch all that much, a lot of my friends say, oh, my gosh, it's gone left. It kind of hasn't in a real sense. I mean, I, I know how annoying it is when you're watching the returns and there's Donna Brazil starting to, to, to just bash the shit out of the president. And you're like, yeah, you're the gal who like, got the, got the, the questions um, and gave them to Hillary Clinton from CNN, and, and you're, you're preaching about me on, 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 on election security, and it's like it feels a little funny. I mean, first of all, they're doing great because they're the only game in town. I mean, it's like, you know, half the country is half the country's conservative, half the country's in liberal, roughly. And it's Fox and every other channel on the dial is liberal. So how how do you not how do you not walk away with close to fifty percent market share and a billion, two billion dollars a year and and they do. So but but I understand a lot of conservatives get and, and, and they're totally right to think this, to be like, man, if they go left I mean, this is the only well with water in a big, barren desert. And if Fox falls, and, and look, the Murdoch boys, they're no conservative. And, and you know, they're, they're cashing those checks, but they're not like, oh, wow, I love, I, I, you know, I love Bill O'Reilly. That, that's just not their shtick. Um, it, it's smart and it's good for conservatives to be worried about that. It's also probably smart for for, for conservatives to, to check out some of the other competitors on the right. And, and they're kind of not ready for prime time yet, OANN and Newsmax, you know, kind of cheesy. But we as America will be better when the balance of national media isn't 95-5, but is 50-50. And, and we are a long way away from that. But guys like you and me and conservatives need to stop stop looking at each other as competitors and look at each other as, as, as compatriots and, and people need to build up those sources on the right. Otherwise they're going to keep getting what they're getting. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, this has been a real honor. Uh, Ken, uh, I want to get you back very soon. Let's talk a lot more. 
Uh, tell everybody where they can connect with you, though, find all your work, get involved, all that good stuff. Don't go to Facebook because you'll just see a big unhappy down arrow, and I can't even connect back to my friends from high school. Uh, Court News, L-A-C-O-R-T-E News, is uh, is a good place to get it. And um, and and Free the Donald is something we're going to set up in about two days to, to help this Reddit site stand its own. It's a huge deal, and it's it's more important than what I got going on. It's important for America. I love it. I love it. I love it. And and, and I got to go to commercial here in about thirty seconds. But in thirty seconds, real quick, I this is one of the main things I wanted to ask you. But explain the Bill O'Reilly thing. Uh, was that all planned? He did nothing wrong, and they they had it out for him. Here's right? what I here's what I believe. I believe that Bill O'Reilly had a couple gals that he had close relationships with. Some while he was married, some while he was single. Those gals that were kind of his girlfriend, he would have on as guests or, you know, as the regular guest. At some point, they stopped becoming his girlfriend. At some point, they stopped becoming regular guests. Everybody was happy about it until that happened. And then they, and, and, and all these, and two of them worked directly for me, so I know them. But then they would be like, wait a second, I'm not his guest anymore. And that's because of sexual harassment. Well, you know what? They were probably his guest because he was good friends with them all right and and you know which which way does that cookie crumble i i I have not seen any evidence that he was harassing people or doing anything illegal or wrong he had some of his good friends on as as guests and when they saw the ability to make a million dollars for pointing their fingers and and going to fox with a sad look on their face they did it fox wanted to kill him so they were like oh you have literally one gal hadn't worked for fox since the bush administration had never reported any problems to HR, had never reported anything except saying that she did, had fought alcoholism her whole life. She came back to Fox eight years after leaving there, and they said, oh, here's a million dollars. And that's because, I believe, the, the top guys wanted to kill Bill O'Reilly, and they knew that another million-dollar payout that they weren't going to have to pay anyhow because it was as insured, as I said, uh, they, were able to, they were able to kill him and, and get him off their books. Jesus, what a story. Ken, this has been amazing. Let's get you back very soon. Uh, wow, what a great interview. Uh, God bless you, man, and I'm rooting for you. Keep doing your thing. Terrific. I appreciate it. A lot of fun, and call me anytime. It'd be great. All righty, Ken. Take care, man. We'll talk soon. Cheers. Everybody, it's a beautiful night on the Rory Sodder Show. We'll be right back with John MacGyver. Stay with us. Oh, and also, I want to give a shout-out to my uncle Jimmy Gilmore in Seattle, as well as my cousin Brian Burke and Hogan in Laguna Beach, Newport, California, as well as everybody else uh, around the world. I love you all. I love you. I love you. It's a beautiful night here in Arizona. TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love, like chicken, shrimp, and cheese, just got even hotter. New delicious tastes like whiskey, flat iron steak, and the tastiest sizzling street noodles. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Friday, the home of Endless Apps. Endless Apps, every night, 9 p.m. to close. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. 
My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from The Rory Sodder Show. Please visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. She's still the one for you. And Cialis for daily use helps you be ready anytime the moment is right. Cialis is also the only daily ED tablet approved to treat symptoms of BPH, like needing to go frequently. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions and medicines and ask if your heart is healthy enough for sex. Do not take Cialis if you take nitrates for chest pain as it may cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Do not drink alcohol in excess. Side effects may include headache, upset stomach, delayed backache, or muscle ache. To avoid long-term injury, get medical help right away for an erection lasting more than four hours. If you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision or any allergic reactions like rash, hives, swelling of the lips, tongue, or throat, or difficulty breathing or swallowing, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use and a free 30-tablet trial. Packaging. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. They didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit. When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people had changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse heart or blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. And we are back. The Rory Sauter Show, coast to coast, worldwide. Listen to in 25 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you miss any past clips, past episodes, or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, visit my media site, thenextgenusa.com. Coming to you live, um, Phoenix, Arizona. I, I um, want to introduce the show now. I believe he's, he's with us. We have business mogul and patriot John MacGyver. What's up, buddy? Welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing, Rory? It's uh, MacGyver. McGeever is the name. McGeever. How you doing? I'm sorry about that. First sure. time on, though. Tell us a little bit about yourself. First time on. Well, you know, just a uh, business guy, like you said, and a patriot, Trump supporter, a veteran, and uh, I work in American, just trying to survive, my, my friend, you know. I hear you, man. Well, you thank doing? you for your service, and, and uh, you know, what, what, what have you been making uh, of everything lately with all this, uh, you know, nonsense with the left and, and how they're maliciously going after our president with, with any, anything, they, anything they can get their hands on. I mean, it's ridiculous. These people, 
want to get rid of him because of simple, stupid tweets. I mean, uh, they, they, they have, uh, they have nothing else to do with their time. I mean, I, you know, and just everything I said tonight, I'm sure you've been listening. I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts. Yeah, I, I heard. Uh, well, I missed the first. I think the first few minutes of the show. But boy, you had a great interviews with uh, Mr. Lacourt there, Lacourt and uh, Palsy. Yeah, great, great stuff. And uh, everything you said too was was right on. And uh, you're hitting on a lot of things. I think more and more stuff's gonna come out about this uh, Wuhan coronavirus deal. Uh, it's pretty. It's quite a coincidence, right? That um, we have the best economy we've had in a long time. The Democrats don't have a candidate that, I mean, they can't even, the guy can't even make a sentence, right? He can't even make two, put two sentences together. I mean, the socialist ain't going to win. I mean, I don't think anybody's that stupid to, to put that guy in the lead unless, you know, who knows, unless Biden just can't make it. But, uh, and, uh, you know, Trump's putting so much pressure on China, and uh, it just seems really coincidental that all of a sudden, you know, right before the election, we get this. Wuhan coronavirus strike us that you know that's that's taken out everybody. It's just it's and also the fact that it comes from the place where they have the, the plant where they develop the you know the the, the uh, biological weapons and stuff right in that town. It just seems uh, pretty suspicious to me. No, I hear you. I I hear you. And you know I I really think there's something quite odd about. You know, you made a perfect point. When everything's going perfectly in our country and everything, everything's fantastic, you know, it's like something has to happen. You know, it's just like there, you know, it's always it's, there. Always has to be something that disrupts the, the the perfection of of you know of Trump. I mean, they always want to they always want to bring him down. They do, and I believe this was definitely a planned thing. I don't think just this, like I said earlier in the show, it doesn't just randomly happen. You know, these outbreaks. Well, it's that. It's just exactly that. I mean, it has to. There's something to it for sure, and it's going to come out eventually. And hopefully, it comes out after we win in 2020. But um, the thing of it is, is uh, you know, they've been trying to take them down with the Russia hoax and then the Ukrainian hoax, and that all failed, and everything else. And like you said, they're trying to get him, you know, get him banned off of social media so we can't get his point out because he's got the left, the media against him, and everybody's against him. I mean, you know, he's he's, he's uh. He's rattled their cages and he's he's driven them wacky. You know what I mean? They're even to the point now where they want, you know, you know, thousands of Americans to die and the economy to crash to beat them. That's the only way. It seems that's the only way they can beat them. I mean, I really think what happened to them. I think the Trump campaign is going to open up a can of whoop ass on Biden and his family and stuff. You know, and uh, stuttering Sleepy Joe is going to is going to choke. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I, there's no way he can win. I, I can't I can't see it happening. You know, I mean, he, he went up against guys that are a lot. A lot less weaker than than President Trump and lost, and uh, just they're really uh, they're really on thin ice with these two characters they got going. Yeah, I'll say, I'll say we're living, we're definitely living in an interesting time, John. And uh, you know, you you have quite the following on social media, and you always make really good, uh, uh, really good points. You you always do bit, you know, put yourself out there, and 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 I like I like your I like your insight and what you bring to the table and. You're really a true patriot to this country. You got a bit, yeah, man. Your following on there is quite large. I appreciate it. I've been, you know, I, I got, I actually wasn't really a Twitter person until President Trump got elected, you know, and I really wasn't any kind of a social media person that much. I, I was, you know, constantly working and everything. I didn't have time for it. I still really don't have time for it. I've been off of it quite a bit, but 
I found that, you know, after President Trump got elected, it was something that really meant a lot to me to get on and connect with a bunch of people. And, you know, I've seen what the radical left and the news were were doing. And it felt, it gives me, you know, because I'm not in the service anymore, so it kind of gives me a little bit of uh, pride and and, uh, help, you know, trying to get the the truth out there in a lot of ways, you know, to people that may not see it from the fake news and stuff, you know. And uh, it's amazing what, what you find out. When, you know, through people on on on, the, on social media that uh, you know, they got the time or whatever they're doing, they're actually you know they're doing the investigation and finding the stuff you don't you don't see. You know, we're, like most of the time, a lot of the times we're ahead of places like Fox News. You know, sometimes we're days right. ahead. We, we're 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 putting yeah yeah you know, and it's that's pretty good. I think no, it's pretty true. good. That's like just today, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Lloyd. No, you go. No, go ahead. Go I mean, ahead. just today. It's, just today, it's funny. Like I just seen something I, I happened to catch out of an article. It was probably a Breitbart article, but which is a great, great thing. But uh, it, it's a map I tweeted out about where all the cases are uh, are being found right now. This uh, Wuhan coronavirus thing, and uh, it's it's interesting to see where the majority of the cases are coming from. I mean, we all we all know, and they tell you where you know it's you know. I mean, there are the 1,600, whatever, 37 deaths. You know, last I heard it was 30, 37 deaths, which is horrible and stuff. And uh, you, if you look at the map, you know, they're coming from, uh, you know, cities like San Francisco and, and in New York, obviously, and, and uh, the liberal cities, you know, and stuff like that. Even in Florida, where I live, it's a lot of the, the majority of the cases are coming from, like, over on the East Coast, Miami and stuff, so. It's a, it's very suspicious what's going on, and, and if you w- look at social media, you'll see like wackos licking their hands and rubbing rubbing them on railings and things like that. It's, it's almost like they're trying to get people sick. You know what I mean? Because they're sick. Yeah. So they're really affected by Trump derangement syndrome. You know? Absolutely. What one hundred percent? And how, tell everybody where they can connect with you. Well, I guess the best place mainly is, like you said, right here on Twitter, would be John McGeeva70, you know. Perfect. That's probably the best place right now. And, uh, boy, you covered a lot of topics. You, you really – it was great, great listening to you. And the guy from Fox, boy, he really uh, put a lot of insight into all that whole deal with Roger Ailes and everything. That was, that was great. That was a great interview you had with that guy. Awesome. Absolutely. Well, thank, thank you. I, I, yeah, I really appreciate it. Let's, let's definitely stay with us, stay on the line with us. I do want to go to uh, Dan- I want to go to Daniel, who's uh, activist in Arizona. Daniel, what's going on, buddy? Um, I got to close the hey, show here up, in Roy? a few minutes, but I wanted to give you- wanted to give you some thoughts. I'm sure you uh, have a lot to say after everything uh, that was mentioned on the show tonight. Um, actually, I do, and I know they're running kind of overtime right now. Um, just to start off, uh, to let everybody know where they can reach me at and follow me on uh, Instagram at Archangel Daniel one 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 one. Again, that's on Instagram, Archangel Daniel one 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 one. And uh, the main thing I want to talk about tonight is the uh, the notorious coronavirus. I mean, what the heck is going on? I mean, what's his name? Uh, I think was it Jeff? Uh, just uh, or, or John? That he just recently had on the show right now. I was talking about what a convenience. I mean, how convenient? You know, the coronavirus during the right now during the election. I mean. It's just it's just crazy, you know. There's a lot of conspiracy theories surrounding the issue, but more importantly, I'm, I am a political activist out here in Phoenix, and and one of the things that I cover is um, something called iodine. And I'm not sure if many people out there know about iodine, but it's one thing that I learned in Boy Scouts growing up. 
Um, iodine is, uh, when you take iodine, it uh, purifies your body. And your body is 72% water. So in a nutshell, you don't have to go do the research or do any of that stuff. Iodine purifies water. Your body's 72%. Now, how does this tie into with coronavirus? I mean, it's huge. It's freaking huge. I mean, iodine is, I mean, it was used back in the days. I mean, it rids your body of chemicals, toxins, radiation, metals, and viruses. And many people out there, they're waiting for this. I mean, antidote, and they're waiting for the vaccines. They're waiting, you know, yes, you can wash your hands. Yes, you could, you know, sanitizer and do all the stuff that you should be doing already, you know. But the main thing I want to cover tonight is, is iodine. And um, the way people can protect themselves, I mean, especially during these times with this, this whole pandemic, this crisis, whatever you want to call it, people are kind of panicking. Today I was in Costco, and, I, I mean, the line was literally all the way to the back. I mean, it was, it was just, it was insane. It was, it was crazy, you know, to the fact that I had to, you know, go to another grocery store called Fry's out here in Arizona just to get some, some water, the basic stuff, you know. And, you know, rumor has it right now that it's very possible the government could shut down here in the next couple of weeks. Look at what's going on with the NHL, the NCAA, March Madness, the NBA, you know. And you've already covered all, the, you know, these celebrities and, and, you know, people out there that that are exposed and, or actually have the coronavirus, the Hanks, you know, I mean, earlier, it's interesting, you know, the prime minister of, of Canada, I mean, you know, the, was the vice president of Iran. I mean, well, I mean, the coronavirus is real, you know, I mean, yes, we could, you know, blow it out of proportion, which I believe the media is doing, but I think it's, it's a kind of a good thing because it kind of gets Americans to kind of wake up. It's kind of like get prepared, you know, and boy scouts growing up, which I was a boy scout, you know, the motto is be prepared, you know, and right now I see America is not prepared because look at what the media is doing. It's getting, you know, it's causing this, this, this frenzy, which is, I think is a good thing. And this is a good chance for Americans to look in the mirror and like, you know what, am I prepared for these kind of things? You know, do I have my water? Do I have my food storage? Do I have my guns? Do I have my ammo? All these things. And like, again, that's what I want to talk about. I believe everybody should have iodine in their emergency kits I mean, you could, you know, go online, type in. There's a there's a pill out there. I'm I'm not sure what pharmaceutical company is uh is selling the pill, but you can find it on like nukepills.com, which is uh, iosat, uh, potassium iodide pills. You know, that's my favorite pill. I've been taking it for a long time. I mean, it's used in in certain, you know, it's it's for emergency. It's it's basically what what it, what it entails. It talks about is for radiation in case there was like a nuclear attack. Or something like that. But then, if you dig deeper down the rabbit hole and you do your research on iodine, it actually talks about, uh, you know, iodine getting rid of not just the radiation, chemicals, toxins, but more importantly, viruses, biological. So, you know, I, I recommend everybody out there in America, everybody listening to the show, you know, go ahead, just go to Google, type in IOSAT, I O S A T, potassium iodide pills. Type it in there. There are multiple websites, a lot of places where you can purchase the product. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it, like I said, on nukepills.com. There's so many. You know, I just want to be out there to educate people, to let them know that there is something they can do to combat the actual virus that's out there. And, and you know, and, and where people could, you know, it's, it's good to have right. your food storage. Amen. You know? Yeah. You no, know? I hear you. I hear you. So, I hear you. And, and, Daniel, you know, this corona thing, we're definitely going to be hearing a lot more reports here in the coming week. And, We'll know a lot more. Uh, I think uh, we're just 
it's just the start of it, my friend. Uh, but uh, absolutely. Right now, I, right now, I love how the president is taking action on it, and uh, we're in really good hands. But uh, I do got to close the show here. And, uh, we'll definitely get you back on here uh, soon. All right. Thank you so much, Rory, for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, everybody, I want to thank you all for tuning in to my show tonight. I want to thank all my guests, my sponsors, my co-hosts, and audience. You are all amazing. Uh, we got so many plans for the future. The best is yet to come. I hope you all have an amazing weekend, and uh, I'll see you all next week. Until then, I'm Rory Sodder. Mega, mega, mega. God bless everybody. Much love. Cheers. <laughs>